0: baylor and byu the best of friends slash enemies with a big basketball game tonight let's talk about it this is locked on baylor you are locked on baylor your daily podcast on the baylor
1: bears part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Happy Tuesday to you and welcome to another edition of Locked On Baylor brought to you by FanDuel. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. We've got a big matchup at the Foster Pavilion tonight. Really the first big matchup for the men in this building. Just the second game they have played in this building and it's the BYU Cougars. So you know they're bringing the fans tonight. They are also bringing in a surprise record with them. And here to talk about that is the host of Locked On Cougs, Jake Hatch. And Jake, where did this come from, from BYU this season on the hardwood?
1: Uh, I think all of us out here in Provo and Utah in general are still trying to figure it out because it was a pretty disappointing season a year ago for BYU and they favored continuity over a lot of uh, transfer portal and shaking up the roster like they'd done the year previous and they did bring a couple of pieces in, but yeah, I don't think anybody envisioned BYU getting through non-conference play 12-1 and and after losing to Cincinnati last Saturday, now 12-2 and on the season, but this is a nationally ranked BYU men's basketball program and I'm not going to lie, I didn't have that on my bingo card this year neither did I neither did
0: I and even coming off the loss to Cincinnati on Saturday how is the morale surrounding the fans is this like a oh it was a fun non-conference now we're in with the big boys type of attitude or is it hey you know that's just one we've got plenty of momentum here
1: I think every, uh, fam, every fan to a person in the BYU fan base has got a different opinion on this. There are some who are saying, okay, if we can't beat the likes of Cincinnati, who's one of the more beatable on our schedule here in the Big 12, what are we doing against the likes of like a Baylor tonight? What are we doing against the likes, let's say, of a uh, uh, Kansas down the road, et cetera? Like, they, they, there's some concern on that side. But there's other people saying, okay, BYU shot 13 of 46 from three. This is a team that's shooting near 40% as a team, one of the tops in the nation. If they get back to shooting what? they have been doing in the non-conference slate they're going to be in every one of these games so it, there is a debate on was it a one-off there or yeah is it a part of a, a larger concern of now you are in the uh, gauntlet of what is going to be the big 12 conference that is a big question mark and I kind of wanted to kick a question at you Cameron on, the, on yes. that side of things with regards to Baylor they got an overtime win on Saturday so they, they ground out a win and it felt like for 30 minutes for BYU and Cincinnati they were going to do kind of similar yeah. to what Baylor did but Baylor gets off to a one and zero start. Uh, what about Baylor fans? Cause they moved up to 14 in the rankings. BYU sunk from 12 to 18. So it is still a top 20 matchup tonight. How are Baylor fans feeling right now about the season?
0: Yeah, honestly, I mean, looking back to Saturday specifically with that start with that part first is it was a just knockdown drag out win any way you can get it in the big 12 kind of, kind of deal. And I'm not going to lie, me watching it, I was not thinking that most of the way. I was thinking, what has happened to this team? What are they going to be like night in, night out in the Big 12? What have we gotten ourselves into if we set the bar too high again? But looking back at it, and obviously these two teams are very similar in makeup, which we'll talk about in the next segment, but another high-volume three-point shooting team, uh, and they shoot 13%. They make two threes the whole game. And you, you, you know, I mean, for teams that shoot that high volume, some nights, that's just, that's just not going to be there. And on a rare night, none of it's like, they're all going to go cold. And that's what happened on Saturday. And I am hoping that's more so the case of it just, it didn't fall for them because they did have some good looks. It's not like, I mean, Oklahoma state showed some good defense at times, but it was not like they were up in the shirt, like facing Houston kind of thing. And so it seemed like a a hiccup, but we will take a hiccup victory on the road in the Big 12 over the alternative any day of the week. And in terms of the bigger picture of this team, there is still something to be figured out here. Um, I think because very similar to last year, a lot of Baylor fans, which top five at the preseason last year, um, had the ambitions of a Final Four team, a national championship type of team. And it did not pan out that way. It was one of those teams that was super talented, that was exciting to watch a lot of times, but you knew wasn't going to get you those big wins that you needed in March. And lo and behold, that's that's exactly what happened. And so looking at this team still, there there is a consensus amongst Baylor fans that hopefully they have not played their best basketball yet, that they are still feeling each other out a little bit, that there is so much depth and talent and depth of talent on this team that they can make a a serious run. But to the point where we haven't figured out exactly where they're at right now, I guess it's a long way of putting that is I think a lot of us don't know what to expect from tonight. You know, even with a BYU team who we're still wondering if it's for real, there is still a, a section of Baylor fans that is wondering how for real this team, this Baylor team is. So that's it's kind of a the confusion bowl tonight
1: of what these teams really are. Yeah, well, and that, that's a good point because I'll, I'll add this on the BYU side of things. This is BYU's second true road game of the entire season. The only other road game they played this year, they lost. They went to their arch rival Utah. They went to Salt Lake City, and I was there at the Huntsman Center. And BYU had one of their most poor performances of the season and lost to Utah. Well, a similar circumstance to Cincinnati happened where uh, Utah is very big in the front court. They've got just body after body. They can throw at you and BYU's interior presence was lacking. And that really doomed BYU against Cincinnati and uh, Utah because Cincinnati is very big on the front line in their own right. So that's, you're right. This, this game tonight to me against Baylor and BYU is like a feeling out. Okay. Are these actually top 20 teams? Are, are, are they teams that are going to be in the mix in the big 12? As we go through this two month gauntlet, 18 games for all these teams, how legit are both of these teams? I, I know it's a really early on. It's only the second game in, in big 12 yeah. play, but it still feels like one of those games. It's like, okay, how good or bad, or I guess good and bad are these squads as they go up against one another? For sure. And, and I
0: think whether it's fair or not, fans of the big 12 are going to take a lot from this game tonight, right? Because let's say it's a, it's a Baylor victory. Then you're thinking, okay, Baylor's kind of back on track, you know, not that they were really off track, but they, they beat a ranked team. We we've seen that they can do that now. And, and we'll be surprised to see them go on this little run. And on the flip side, if BYU wins, it would be, oh, wow, BYU, maybe they can hang around here. They just took down Baylor in their own house. Like, where are they going to end up finishing in this thing? Like they've got to be considered contenders. And so I I think whether fair or not, there's going to be a lot taken from this game. So is this one that the Cougars fans have had circled?
1: Uh, yeah, I think BYU fans well, are just excited to be a part of the Big 12 and just to get kind of experiences for the first time. There's been this excitement for two plus years of BYU joining the Big 12 conferences that announcement came back in 2021 that they were going to join the conference. Now they're actually in it. And I think the biggest thing is there's just like this uh, wow factor, the fact that they're playing Baylor and guess what? It counts. Like it, it is a big deal to be playing Baylor. And the other thing about this is Baylor's got new digs. That that, that new pavilion y'all yeah. have got down yeah. there is looks phenomenal. Not very big in terms of capacity, 7,500 folks, if I'm not mistaken, capacity-wise. But that's the thing about this is these are two religiously affiliated schools and I think BYU fans are excited just to have opportunities to play programs like that. They've watched them play in March, Madness. They've watched guys like Scott Drew lead a team to the Final Four and to National Ch- like, they've been through. They've been through all of that watching it. Now they're right in the thick of it and they want to experience that. So yes, there, there is an excitement factor just simply because this is new. It's exciting. And when win or loss I think it's just BYU's happy to be here finally definitely happy to be in the Big 12
0: we're happy to have you guys here we're going to talk a little bit more about that and specifically into this matchup and get real basketball-y for you coming up after this Yeah, I know we come to sports to escape from the crazy realities of life but can we just talk a minute about those realities about preparing for real life. Because according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary, y'all. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my loved ones got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from those life-saving medications that they need. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among many, many others. And this stuff could happen to any one of us. Visit JACEMedical.com and complete your physician encounter today. It'll be reviewed by a board certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to JACEMedical.com and use the offer code LOCKED ON to get $20 off that order. Again, that's JACE as in case, J A S E, medical.com, and use the offer code LOCKED ON to get $20 off that first order. So, Jake, I should have started with this because we didn't get to talk during football season. We're not on each other's schedule uh, last year, 2023. How has life been in the Big 12 for you and the Cougars
1: fans? I think overall it's been a positive experience. The big 12 has been excited to have these new schools in there. Obviously BYU just won a four and obviously there's going to be some new schools coming next year to round out a 16 team big 12. And it's, it's kind of wild to think that, but nonetheless, uh, BYU fans, they, they, they went independent back in 2011 with the whole goal of getting to where they're at today. And that is being a member of it will be the power Four soon enough. It's currently the power five, but they're, they're excited to be here. They're, uh, looking forward to being one of those, uh, partners that, uh, alongside a program like Baylor where they're religiously affiliated schools where they can uh, kind of associate with one another, build some new rivalries, get to see new parts of the country. Cause I, I I've got some BYU fans. I know that live in Texas, but the fact that the BYU is going to go to Waco on a fairly regular basis, whether it's in yeah. football or basketball is an opportunity for BYU fans, which are literally spread across the country, if not the globe to go and see the Cougars play in some new locales. So yeah, it's, it's been overall, it's been a very, very positive experience for BYU. Now, couple of years in, if you're not winning that whole <laughs> of being in the big 12, we're yeah, that would, that would wear off. But I, I think the fact that they're just in here where they've wanted to be for well over a decade, that's the most exciting part. And we're so thankful to have you. I know the PAC
0: 12 has all those stupid standards <laughs> that they're not going to let some guys like us in. We yeah. appreciate having you looking at basketball, you know, obviously surprise start to the season at 12 and two for BYU. First time in the rankings in, in years um, coming up a few weeks ago. So, what what has been the change? What what is stylistically has been the change for this BYU basketball team, and what kind of styles should Baylor fans be expecting to see from
1: them? Well, I think there are these two styles of basketball. They're both high volume three-pointing, three-point shooting teams. I'll start there with the matchup tonight. You're going to see a bevy of three pointers. BYU hoisted up 46 three-point attempts against Cincinnati. Now. Mark Pope said after the game, maybe we shouldn't have uh, taken some of those because there were some that they were hoisting up from 40 feet and you're like, okay, that's just a prayer. Why, why are you shooting that? Jimmer, Fred- Jimmer Fredette's not on the court here for BYU <laughs> right now. And some of the guys felt like they may have thought, hey, it's my time and I'm going to, okay, you got to be smarter with your shot selection. But yeah, BYU's biggest thing is they're-, they're hoisting up a number of threes. Mark Pope has stated the goal is at least 30 p- three point attempts per game. 46, I think that's getting towards the top end of what they'd like to attempt in a game, but they're not afraid to let it fly. Uh, They've got a whole philosophy this year. Take the best, uh, take the first best shot you can find. And what that means is you're coming down the court. If you're open for three, throw it up. Uh, literally own that shot and get it up there, and the the expectations they're gonna make them more often than they don't, and they've been pretty good at shooting the three pointer all this season long. They've got I think four or five guys who are shooting north of forty percent. Now the percentages from last game may have pushed those down a little bit, but going into last game, I know there are four or five guys who are north of forty percent on the season. You have a guy like Ali Khalifa, the big man for BYU in the middle. He has opened up the floor so much for BYU as a big man who can pass it. There's there's comparisons to Nikola Jokic and his passing ability. I'm not saying he's Nikola Jokic because Nikola Jokic can do things that no other team can do, but his passing ability is right there alongside Nikola Jokic. He can sit in the high post and find angles and see angles and dish it off to cutting guards and forwards that give them easy buckets, and that's really been a big factor for BYU's offense opening up because he spaces the floor more than other teams might expect with his ability to step to the outside because he also can drain a three if given the opportunity.
0: Yeah, so so take, thinking about that, I mean, we have seen the NBA game offensively specifically trickle down into college big yeah. time the last couple of years and I'm talking like down to the sets that they're running in the NBA. And that, and that wasn't the case for years really in in terms of college basketball versus the NBA. So are we it sounds like we're starting to see kind of a, a pro style offense to use that term for basketball in what BYU is running in terms of that high volume
1: shooting and really valuing spacing. Yeah. They haven't said it, but the whole idea is either you go to the rim or you shoot the three, Like the, yeah. the, 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 the mid range two pointer, it, it it exists in small doses for BYU, but the vast majority of their shots are either at the rim or they're beyond the perimeter. And uh, yeah, that's the NBA, the NBAization. Can I say that? Uh, to, that, but, uh, that checks out that's trickling down to college hoops and for good reason. Cause the metrics indicate shoot the three or get to the rim. Those are the two most uh, advantageous shots in basketball. The mid range two It was in vogue for so many years, decades upon decade in, in college hoops that it's kind of gone by the wayside because the NBA is kind of shown, okay, you know, you shoot the three or you get to the rim and throw it down or lay it up. So yeah, BYU is very much that way. Uh, I guess I'll get your thought on this. Cause I've seen Baylor a few times this year. It feels like they're shooting the three at a pretty high clip and high percentage. It has has uh, Coach Drew has he changed his philosophy or is this more of what Baylor has been?
0: Yeah, and honestly, I mean, yes, yes. Um, that the change for the more high volume three point shooting really came around in about 1920, which was when Baylor really took the switch to being an elite team rather than just a, a conference contender, make some noise kind of team. Um, and what they, I think, what they've been good at for the last 10 or 12 years has really been offensive rebounding. Um, And I've mentioned this on the show the last couple of days. And I think that just really played into their hands of, uh, and Duke was doing this before anyone else of, well, we've got good shooters and we've got guys who can rebound down here. And the best look off an offensive rebound is another three pointer. Mm -hmm. And so they've really hung their hat on that big time the last couple of years. And I think what, Uh, hopefully is the difference between last year's team and this year's team for Baylor is you're kind of seeing both sides of the coin of where that can hurt you and where that can help you last year, they were a team that really relied on the threes and didn't quite have the offensive rebounding. It didn't have any threat inside at all offensively or defensively. And so with that, they became very one dimensional. They were spacing, but they were easy to defend and, So when the nights at the three wasn't going down, they were SOL man. They didn't, they didn't have any other option uh, versus a few years before that. Hopefully the case this year is you've still got some slashers and some cutters. You've got guys who can, uh, guards who want to drive to the basket, which they didn't have last year. And so on a day like Saturday where the three pointer isn't falling down, it's still not easy for a team like this to go in and score 80, 90 points. I mean, they can't do that when the three's not fallen, but, they're able to find lanes to the basket and and get second chance opportunities and still get good looks throughout the game. And so, yeah, it, it yes, they have definitely not full golden state from 2015-16, uh, but have
1: used spacing much more to their advantage the last few years. Okay, I'm not going to lie. You saying that, Cameron, it sounds like you could have been a BYU, a BYU like hosting my show. Lockdown, <laughs> it sounds like it's the exact same thing that BYU has been going for this year. They struggled with their interior presence last year, offensively and defensively. They relied on the three far too much. I know that Utah Jazz fans out here in Salt Lake City are very happy that Keontae George is a member of the Jazz. I, I speak frankly. Keontae George is a cornerstone, it looks like, for the Jazz going forward. And many, in many respects, it may have actually kind of hidden his skill set what happened to Baylor last year, mm-hmm. but it feels almost like this feels like in many ways, Cameron, we've got a a kind of a head to head matchup of two teams who have seen kind of the same metamorphosis as it were going into the season where they, they relied on the three heavily last year and it was live or die by it. And this year they're, Emphasis, as you mentioned, offensive rebounding. BYU wants nothing more than to crash the glass and get extra possessions out of it, and they benefited from it most of the time this year. But yeah, when the night the three is not falling like it was Saturday night, it's a struggle, and they ultimately paid the price against Cincinnati. It's gonna be Spider Man
0: meme tonight. Like it's, it's gonna be the same team, and maybe Baylor's a little bit more skilled and more developed at this stage. Sure. But but they are v- very similar in the philosophy. And the few times that I've watched BYU this year, that that has certainly been the case. And yeah, we're big Keontae George people. Uh, I think we knew from. From the jump, he was more tailored to the NBA game maybe than he was for college, but still uh, gave us a pretty darn good season down here at Baylor. But we're focusing on tonight's game, and in just a minute, we're going to have all of Jake's great hot takes, bold predictions on tonight's game, and what this will look like when the two Spider-Mans face off against each other at the Foster Pavilion. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And now we are on to the NFL postseason, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. This app is so easy to find. So easy to use. It makes it so easy for dummies like me. You could do live same game parlays. You can use the new explore tab, make a parlay in the parlay hub. So you're not just going in blind into some of these parlays. And it's got, you know, over-unders, prop spreads, anything you can think about, you've got it at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So what you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on and make that first bet a layup. That's fanduel.com slash locked on on FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. All right, Jake, let's get down to brass tacks here. Mm-hmm. Baylor, BYU tonight. We already talked in the last segment. Very similar teams. What what are the keys in a game
1: like this when these two teams are are so similar? Uh, well, who, who can make more shots, honestly? Because yeah. how, how can you generate looks, good looks? Uh, I'll say that as well. That's the biggest thing is generating good looks and knocking them down. Uh, I've got some thought in the back of my head that BYU bounces back a little bit with regards to just the, the, the law of numbers when it comes to their shooting percentages, especially from three after such a lackluster showing against Cincinnati. But uh, I do think it's about generating good looks and how many you can knock down. The other one, and I'll, I'll lob this back to you in just a minute here, is in terms of the overall skill set of these two teams. I would say that Baylor, yeah, if you go by just paper and star rankings and all that type of stuff, Baylor's got the better athletes uh, top to bottom in terms of the rosters and everything. But I think the bigger thing is, yeah, can, who can control uh, the, the the boards? Because it really feels like these two teams, they're going to want to crash the offensive glass and generate those extra possessions and then generate extra uh, shots and make sure you get good shots. The slot, shot selection for BYU most of this year, if you go game by game, has actually been pretty impeccable. They've moved the ball. They've tried to pass it to set up a better uh, pass for their teammate, but against Cincinnati, I'm not sure if guys got a little over their skis and felt like, Hey, it's my time to shine. It's the big 12. It's the biggest stage. I'm going to go do what I do, but it felt like the ball movement lacked for BYU. So I'm interested to see if that ball movement, the sharing of the basketball happens more freely for BYU. And that maybe generates more opportunities, even though they're playing in a hostile environment for just the second time all year.
0: And by the way, to to focus on rebounds, I mentioned this on my show yesterday, but overall rebounding, BYU is number one in the conference, whereas Baylor is 14th, which is last of the teams in the Big 12, which seems deceptive, right? Because you look at offensive rebounding, BYU is fourth and Baylor is seventh. And so two teams that are solidly in the middle there. And and by the way, opponents rebounding, which I think is an interesting stat, uh, BYU fourth, Baylor first. So it's a, it's an odd, it's an odd numbers to to stack up against each other. But I think that goes into what we were talking about in the last segment in terms of these teams that are high volume shooting and really value efficiency and, and the, and the smart shots.
1: Okay, so if I can ask you, I'll answer this question here. I'll get your thought first. Yeah. Is there a guy or two, I guess, X factors in this game in your mind for, for if Baylor wants to win this game and they want to get a 2-0 in Big 12 play, who is the one or two guys you think from the Baylor side need to step up in this matchup?
0: One of them, I promise I am not buttering up to you when I'm talking about this. I'll start with the other one. First one I'm looking at is Langston Love, who is a yeah. guy who has been Off the bench for Baylor all year, but it's been a spark plug off the bench. He actually was the second leading scorer on Saturday with 17 off the bench and really turned the game on its head in the way that Baylor needed it to of a guy who was going to come in and just put his head down, get to the basket whether it was laying it in, getting to the free throw line, or both. Uh, he was saying, you know, the three-pointer's not falling today, and he usually provides what they need off the bench offensively. Now, with this game coming down to rebounding, another guy I'm looking at is second-year BYU transfer Caleb Lohner, okay. uh, who is a guy whose role has changed mm-hmm. since when he first started here to the point where he is essentially an energy guy. Uh, you know, he's he's going to be open for threes tonight. Uh, I'm praying already that he's not taking them. Um, but he is a guy who can get aggressive down low and can, can be the best rebounder off the bench for Baylor, um, on any given night. And if he can do that and, you know, kick out for some open threes, or maybe they respect him enough that he gets some putbacks, that is going to be a huge injection for Baylor. Not that I, and honestly, even with these numbers, these overall rebounding numbers, being poor, I, I don't think that's a big area of concern for Baylor, which I know sounds weird to hear coming off those numbers. Uh, but if he can provide that extra against such a good rebounding team, that is going to get Baylor the the extra looks that they that they might need to get over the hump in this game.
1: Uh, can I quickly ask you, like, what, yes. what's Caleb Loner? Uh, what's been the reception to him since transferring from BYU? Because I know BYU fans had a love-hate relationship with during with him during his time in Provo, but uh, how's he been received in Waco so far? Love-hate thing sounds right. Um, now I think it was probably because of
0: the expectation that Baylor fans had coming in, and I'm I'm guilty of this too, of thinking he was going to be kind of this. I call them slash guys, Mm -hmm. um, which we have Jalen Bridges for in the starting lineup. A guy who can actually cut and slash, but who can be a presence down low when you need him. Um, Jalen more so than Caleb Lohner, a guy who could shoot from the outside um, and stretch defenses out a little bit. Um, A guy who could put the ball on the floor and get to the hole, even had his size. We found out quickly, Caleb Lohner is not that. He, He is not that. And there were times last season, and I do think, Overall, it's not a terrible thing because he was putting in such great effort, but he couldn't get out of his own way. He, he just couldn't. I mean, dribbling the ball off his foot, uh, committing fouls with one second left in the shot clock uh, on guys who aren't shooters and, and things like this where um, he was almost hurting them more than helping them, but at least putting out the maximum effort, which coaches will excuse a lot of things if you're putting out the effort. This year, he is putting out the effort. I think he is expecting a little bit less from himself in terms of scoring and and rebounding, and is playing good defense and is giving them good energy off the bench. So right now, until he starts taking those open threes again, uh, the the waters, the
1: tides are very good with Baylor fans and Caleb Lohner. Okay. So I, I want to answer my own question about the X factors for BYU in this yes. game. So two guys real quick, Jackson Robinson's been getting an NBA draft buzz over the last couple of weeks. Jonathan Javoni from ESPN and draft express rated him number 38 in his current uh, top 60 rankings uh, for NBA draft prospects. He had one of his quietest performances against Cincinnati. And I felt like that game was a game that was tailor-made. You kind of talked about what Baylor needed a guy to step up in that game against Oklahoma state and just take control. Well, Jackson Robinson is their sixth man. They needed him to take more control of that game and control the offensive flow. He was not that aggressive. He's too passive, I felt like, in Cincinnati. And I'm guessing the coaches are going to be on him and say, no, go hunt your shots, find your looks, make your shots. He had just five points against Cincinnati. BYU needed 15 plus from him. That's what they've relied on a lot of this year. So I'm expecting him to have more of a bounce back effort and look more for his opportunities off the bench. The other one is Fuseni Traore. Now, Fuseni's an undersized big, he's six foot five. He's got seven. One foot one wingspan, he gets overmatched against bigger uh, players, but. He's got an opportunity here coming back. He he got his first game action in over a month against Cincinnati after a hamstring injury. Cost him uh, since Thanksgiving through the Christmas break as he was recovering from it. I'm expecting in his second game back, he'll have his legs underneath him a little bit more. His touch should be a little bit uh, better. getting back into the flow of things. So if Fusini Troy gets back to doing what he's been doing for BYU when he's been playing for them the past two years, that's going to get BYU a a much more, uh, I guess, rounded offensive game. Cause his interior ability is something BYU has been lacking with the ability to put his back to the basket and go get a bucket. Like you talked about for Baylor against Oklahoma state, that was severely lacking for BYU against Cincinnati. They're going to need that tonight. Cause you're on the road. You got a crowd that's going against you. I know BYU will have some fans in attendance, but it won't near be what a home game would be for BYU. So with those two guys, Jackson Robinson and for Sandy Triore, they need to get that offensive punch for BYU. All right, Jake prediction on the game. I'm going to give Baylor the nod in this one. I just feel like BYU is just, they're, they're close. It feels like they're close to breaking through here. I think that the UCF game for BYU is where they get their first Big 12 game when they go to Orlando on Saturday. I think this one will be tight, but I'm going to say it's something like Baylor 78, BYU 73, like a five-point swing Damn. there, Damn. where is within distance. They're they're right there uh, in, in the mix, and it's going to make BYU fans feel like, okay, we're a little closer than we thought we were after that Cincinnati game, but I do think Baylor wins it in the end.
0: I'm with you, but it's a little more understandable for me. Uh, I've got Baylor close. I am putting it at like 88, 80. I think these teams play to their potential in this one. And we see a lot of points now that being said, it's probably going to be 63, 61. So, uh, we'll see anyway, Jake, where can people
1: find you and and keep on top of the Cougs as you are got, you guys are well into the big 12 by now. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, check out Locked On Cougars wherever you get your podcast. It's on YouTube as well. So if you're watching this on Locked On Baylor, just flip over to Locked On Cougars, uh, subscribe to the show. You don't have to watch it. I just appreciate the subscriptions. I like having more numbers when it comes to my subscriber list. Uh, but also you can find the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search out Locked On Cougars. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see my Twitter handle, my personal Twitter handle, or X handle, I should say. Okay. Uh, Jacob C. Hatch. You can follow me there my, for all things sports. That's Jake Hatch
0: from Locked on Cougars expecting a good one tonight between BYU and Baylor. We will be back tomorrow to break it all down. Thank you for making your first listen today and every day because this is Locked on Baylor.